Shortcuts. How many of you like shortcuts? I think we all like shortcuts, don't we? They say that the fastest place between two points is a straight line, but if you can do anything to get all your obstacles out of the way, that certainly helps. We all like shortcuts, or these days they call them hacks. A way to get something done faster, quicker. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Have you noticed that? Everyone wants to be rich, but nobody wants to work. These days it seems like nobody wants to work. Everybody wants a fit spouse, but nobody wants to be the one going to the gym. Everybody wants a degree, but nobody wants to study. And in my experience, everybody wants to learn how to play the piano, but nobody wants to practice. Now I realize everybody and nobody, these might be some exaggerations, but we just want quick fixes. We want to get there as soon as we can. I discovered this even yesterday as we were driving back from South Carolina. I wanted to be home in 10 minutes. It took 12 hours because you just can't get from South Carolina to Toledo in 10 minutes no matter how hard you try. By the way, that reminds me, my friend Liz wanted extra special attention in my sermon this morning. So, hi Liz, it was nice to be with you and your family. And Kaylee, it was nice to be with you as well. I love you and miss you, my daughter. It was wonderful to see you. Okay, back to our, our sermon for the morning. Shortcuts. So, I, I realize that we're always looking for shortcuts, for hacks, for the ways to get there as soon as possible. So try this one on for size. Everybody wants to be blessed, but nobody wants to obey the Lord. Mm, I didn't get much response from you, family, on that one. Today we're beginning a series, our summer series on the Psalms. It's called Restoring Your Soul. And each week we're going to take a different psalm. And in 150 weeks, we're, going to be, no, we're, we're not going to take all 150. But we're going to be looking at a different psalm each week. Today is Psalm 1, as Ryan read for us. And if you have your Bibles, this would be a great time to turn to Psalm chapter 1. It's the first psalm. If you're unfamiliar with the psalms, the psalms are the hymn book of the Bible. And we don't have the music of these songs, unfortunately. How I would love to hear them. I suppose someday we will get a chance to hear them. But this is the songbook, the lyrics... And most of the psalms are songs of great passion, of great artistry, of beauty. There are psalms of lament, as we talked about a little bit last week. There are psalms of praise and worship. There's a variety of different topics. But what's unique about Psalm 1, our topic for today, is it's actually a bit of wisdom literature. It, it, it fits more almost in the book of Proverbs, and yet it sets the stage for everything that follows. I learned this week that there's actually a group called the Sons of Korah from Australia, and they're in the process of putting all 150 psalms to music. I think they're about a third of the way through. But my prayer is that as we look at these psalms this summer, that our souls would be restored. We would find connection pieces with the various authors, the writers of these psalms. We would identify with their heart, their passion, and that the Lord would renew each of us, would bring refreshment, 
would bring restoration, would bring peace, shalom, and joy to all of our hearts. Would you pray with me? Lord God, as we look at the Psalms today, or, or one Psalm in particular, I pray that you would lead and guide us. We've already had a very full morning, and I pray that you would give us energy and attentiveness to hear from you as we've heard about the things that you are doing in and through First Alliance. We give you praise and thanks for Sports and Arts Camp, and we pray for this Masterpiece Mentors system as we're developing it and seeking to be more effective in making disciples, serve people, love our neighbor, and bring glory to you. Guide my words in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm, again, I'm not exaggerating. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but I, I, I think in, in this case, you'd probably agree with me, everybody wants to be blessed. How many of you want to be blessed? We even have a song that we sing about our country, right? It's God bless America. Uh, family, I want God to bless America. And I want God to bless every nation on earth because he died, Jesus died for every nation, tribe, and tongue. And my book says that one day they're all going to worship him. But it is kind of appropriate to acknowledge this weekend this idea of our nation as we celebrate our freedom tomorrow. I, I, I think everyone wants to be blessed. In fact, there's a, a brand new song by Kirk Franklin and Maverick City Music that I want to just share a brief snippet. For copyright reasons, I can only share a brief snippet. But, but I just want you to, to catch th this song. And bef before I play it, I want to say this music was performed at the Everglades Correctional Institute in Miami on March 1st. So if you wonder why the outfits are unique, this is a correctional institute. Check it out. Bless me, bless me. I would love to do this song next Sunday. Bless me. Perhaps someone has wished you a blessed day. When we sneeze, we often say, Kazuntite. No, some of you say, bless you. We hear this all the time. In fact, every, just about every email that I send, I, my signature is blessings. And I always handwrite that. I think I mentioned this once before, a few years ago. Some people have these signatures where you just push a button, it just it kind of plops there. I, I deliberately type the word blessings when I sign emails. Because I want people to be blessed. A blessing is literally God's favor and protection. Who doesn't want that? We all want God's favor and protection. At least, I think so. An interesting thing about Psalm 1, it starts with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it ends with the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, like the, the last word. It's part of the first of five sections of psalms so it parallels in many ways the pentateuch or the, the the five books of moses you see parallels between those first five books genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy and then the book of psalms psalm 1 is something of an introduction as i said to the entire songbook so it begins 
I, I, I want to I just summarize Psalm 1 with this. True blessings are found in seeking and following the Lord. I know, we're looking for shortcuts. God, bless me, bless me, bless me. If you want to be blessed, true blessings are found in seeking and following the Lord. You can pray for blessings, and you should, and you can pray blessings for others. But see, we can participate in blessings by seeking and following the Lord. I think too often I, I discover followers of Jesus that they want God to do all the work. Maybe you've prayed a prayer. God, I want you to do X, and I'm going to sit back and wait. God, I want you to just magically heal me of my addiction that took me years to develop. I'm going to just pray a magic prayer, and I want the addiction broken. Now, sometimes God chooses to do that. Sometimes people are supernaturally able to break addictions, but very often I've discovered God uses things like celebrate recovery, effort on our part, participation on our part. He wants us to get involved. We can pray, Lord, take care of every starving child in the world. Feed them all tonight. And then we go look at our pantry, which is full, in some cases overflowing. And I think God might be saying, I would like you to participate. You can sponsor a child with Compassion International. You can be generous. I've placed you on earth to be a part of my mission. See, we want shortcuts. We want to just pray some magic prayer, get some, some magic formula. It's almost like Christian voodoo or something. You, 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 if you just say the right words, he's just, you know, the genie pops out of the... Of the it doesn't work that way. So many people want to be blessed, but they don't want to participate in the things that God gives us instruction about. As you can tell, I'm kind of excited about this, kind of passionate about this, because you can be a part of being blessed. The New International Version of Psalm 1 says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Now that's a mouthful. We're going to use the, the New Living Translation today. And this word blessed, it actually says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. I used to tell my kids, You are your friends, choose wisely. Maybe you've heard bad company corrupts good character. Birds of a feather flock together. See, if you want to be blessed, don't hang out with people who are dishonoring God. This does not mean, by the way, that we should avoid all non-Christians and live in a bubble and keep far, far away, but it is recognizing that the darkness is a great place for the light to shine, but sometimes those that are trying to shine the light can also get sucked up by the darkness. In other words, family, we need to spend time with non-Christians so long as our influence is greater than theirs on us. Does that make sense? Because bad company corrupts good character. The very first sentence of the very first psalm says, one is blessed 
Not when they ask God to bless them, but rather when they don't let the darkness influence them. They don't allow the mockers, the wicked, to influence them. The Lord said to Joshua, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. I I know Joshua didn't have a leather-bound Bible, but he had a portion of this text. And God said, keep this so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, and then you will be prosperous and successful. You want to be prosperous and successful? Follow the teachings of this book. Now, let me be clear. This doesn't mean you're going to be rich and wealthy and nothing's ever going to happen. It's going to be a trial or difficulty. You're never going to suffer. Forget the prosperity gospel garbage out there that says just reading this will make you happy, happy, happy. But you will be prosperous and successful in the eyes of the Lord. And whatever pain, whatever suffering, whatever trials and difficulties you have in this life will pale in in comparison to the joys of eternity with the Lord. The psalmist continues the thought in verse 2. It says, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Do you meditate on the word of the Lord, the law of the the, the Lord? The word actually, the, the original Hebrew is Torah. Do you delight in this? I know some of you take great delight in social media. Some of you spend hours each day watching cable news. You take delight in it. Some of you, you fill your mind with all sorts of music or entertainment. Maybe you you delight and fill your time with with sports activities or, or different hobbies. None of those things are necessarily bad. But my question is, do you delight in the law of the Lord? Because this is how you will be blessed. It's a promise from the Lord. According to numerous studies, biblical literacy has been on the increase for decades. Even many so-called Christians don't know what the Bible says, or they certainly don't act like it. I've been amazed, especially in the past few years, at the ungodly attitudes of so-called Christians. I mean, I expect the world to act like the world, but when I see so-called Christians acting like the world, I have to wonder, do they know what this says? Do you know what this says? We need to meditate on the Bible day and night, and just reading it isn't sufficient. I've been through periods of my life, and maybe you've done the same, where the Bible is just a checklist. Okay, I have to do my Bible reading. Let's get it done as soon as we can. Can we, can we, can we read it, speed read it? Audiobook, can I go times two? Then the Lord said it's good. We need to meditate on, on God's Word. We need to let this feed us. Some of you, perhaps the only exposure you have to God's word is 30 minutes on Sunday morning. That's not enough. It's simply not enough. This is not a spiritual diet pill for all of you to take. Come back next week, we'll do it again. This is just an opportunity to encourage you, to equip you, to to challenge you, to give you some things to study, to read about, to meditate. You want a real simple assignment this week? Meditate on Psalm 1. There's your homework. Just meditate on Psalm 1. I don't know what to read this week. Psalm 1. I don't like long passages. Great. It's a short psalm. I like short passages too. It allows me to just meditate, to marinate my mind on it, 
to soak it up. It's a big book. It's not even a book. It's a library. There's 66 books here. It's a lot. So this summer, let's just spend some time in the Psalms. Listen to it. Read it in different translations. Read it out loud. Meditate on God's Word. I want to give you some tools. A lot of these are familiar to you. We've talked about them before. I feel like my job, more than anything else, is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So I want to equip you as your pastor. I want to give you tools, equip you, so you know. How do you meditate? Here's several. They're listed in your flyer. Mission 119, we've talked about this, some of you. How many of you have at least once done Mission 119? Like you've listened to, to Pastor Soper. Just incredible stuff. I know the, this, is, this can be hard. Let's just be real. This can be really, really hard. There's some passages that are really easy, and some you're just like, what in the world? Going through it with Pastor Soper online, it's free, mission119.org. Fantastic. You can start today. You know, I mean, we, a lot of us started January 1st, but you can start anytime. Let the Word of God dwell in you. Lectio 365 is a newer tool. I've talked about it. Heather and I go through it. It's an audio as well as a written devotional. It's also a prayer time, guided prayer, guided meditation, totally, totally free. It's a great way to meditate on the Word of the Lord. Right Now Media. If you're not already involved with Right Now Media, you can get a free subscription. Our church pays a, a fairly decent investment in this company to provide you with tools that you can use for your personal life, for your children, for your, your life groups. There's thousands, hundreds of thousands of hours of materials that you can use to study God's Word. Most of you have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone. In fact, if you go there right now, and you go to live, you'll get message notes. And every week we have message notes that are on the YouVersion Bible app for First Alliance on Sunday mornings. But there's videos, there's notes, there's references. It's a great tool. You know, there was a day where you had to carry this around everywhere you went to, to, to know and meditate on God's Word. And now you all, like, I think just about all of you, you already have a phone. You've got God's Word in your pocket. You can read it and access it, study it, listen to it, watch it. 24-7, 365. Life groups were mentioned before. We need one another, family. We need to discuss God's word together. We need to encourage one another. We need to study and challenge one another. What did you think about that? How do you, how do you feel about that? You know, one of our core values of the Alliance that we talked about last month says knowing and obeying God's word is fundamental to all true success. And as a church, one of our core values says that we are devoted to prayer, the Word of God, and to obeying and following Jesus. You know, arguably the, the best chapter in the whole Bible about meditating on God's Word is Psalm 119. It's also the longest chapter in the Bible. All 176 verses. But the psalmist goes through through those 176 verses, admonition and encouragement and praise for God and His Word. Those who delight in God's Word, who meditate on it, they are like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. This is what happens to someone who meditates on God's Word. You want to be blessed? You want to prosper? Feed your mind with God's Word. 
don't know if you've ever noticed trees that are near, near water. It's rare to see a, a dead tree that falls into the water. Sometimes there's disease and such. But one thing I can tell you is that a tree near water never dies of thirst. It's immune to the weather around it because it doesn't get its resources, its food, its, its drink from the rain above. It gets it from the roots below. Trees planted by water tend to be very strong because they have access to unlimited food, unlimited water. They're able to bear fruit. Those that meditate on God's word, they're like trees that bear fruit. I love fruit. I especially love fresh fruit. It's actually my favorite thing. I know some of you think ice cream's my favorite thing. Fruit's my favorite thing. Fruit-flavored ice cream is even better. But have you ever had bad fruit? Ever had moldy fruit? The other day we pulled out some strawberries and there was like mold on it. Like, ah. What once was so appetizing, so, so wonderful, suddenly became horrific and ended up in the trash. See, our lives can bear bad fruit if our roots are not in the Word of God, if our roots are stuck in culture, if our, our roots, our minds are filled with stuff of the world. We're naturally going to reap what we sow. We're going to produce fruit that follows whatever we feed on. And if you feed on the Word of God, the fruit will be love and joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Does that describe your life? Ask your spouse or best friend. Does that describe your life? It will if you're meditating on God's Word. This is the fruit of doing life with God. But not so the wicked. They are like the worthless chaff scattered by the wind. I'm not much of a farmer, an agriculture guy, though I do grow weeds really well. But I can tell you this, when, when they harvest the wheat, there are two parts. There's the good part that they save. The kernel then falls to the fleshing floor and it's saved while the chaff blows away. It's almost like a watermelon, you know. The, the inside of a watermelon is so delicious. Uh, I don't know if you've ever eaten the outside of the watermelon. Not so good. See, when we take watermelon, we eat the good stuff and we throw away the rest. And that's what, what happens with wheat. You take the good stuff and then not only do they throw it away, it just blows away in the wind. What the psalmist is saying is that if you are wicked, if you are evil, if you avoid God's word, your life, your wisdom, your insight, it's worthless. This is how God describes the wicked, those who ignore God and his wisdom. And it gets worse. Then he says they will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. Judgment day is coming, family. It's coming for all of us. Are you ready? Followers of Jesus have an advantage. He took our place. He gets our punishment. I know our culture is filled with gray, but Scripture repeatedly talks about one of two directions, the sheep and the goats, heaven and hell, the righteous, the unrighteous. Which path have you taken? Where are you headed with your life? It's never too late to repent and follow Jesus. Let me say that again. 
It's never too late to repent, to turn away from your sin and follow Jesus. No matter what you've done, nothing you've ever done can make God love you any less. And no good works that you do can make God love you any more than he already does. But judgment day is coming, and he is going to separate the godly from the ungodly, the sheep from the goats. It may not seem fair. I don't know that I necessarily like it, but it's what God's word says. It's what Psalm 1 says. There's a difference between the wicked and the righteous. Which path are you taking? I beg you, I urge you to follow Jesus. And part of following Jesus is is meditating on God's word, knowing what he said, and being faithful and obedient to it. It concludes like this, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Two paths. God watches over one, the other leads to destruction. Jesus once said, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. It's not enough to hear it. It's not enough to read it. It's not even enough to memorize it. We need to obey it. Do you want to be blessed? There's something you can do about it. To be blessed, you meditate on God's word. You study it, you know it, you memorize it, and then you obey it. You follow Jesus. That's the path to blessing. Not get-rich-quick schemes. Not following all the self-help gurus out there. The path to blessing family is God's word. There's no shortcuts. We need to spend time with the Lord. You want to have a great marriage? Spend time with your spouse. You want to be a great parent? Spend time with your kids. You want to have a great relationship with Jesus? You have to invest in that relationship and meditate on his word day and night. There's no shortcuts. So as our our music team comes up just for a closing song together, I just want to say again, true blessings are found in seeking and following the Lord. I'm making the Lord our foundation, making the Lord our lives. So before you just start saying, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, are you allowing yourself to be blessed by meditating on God's word day and night? Would you please stand?
shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, trust in his righteousness alone. Faultless and before the throne, Christ Almighty God, we thank you for your word, for the power of your word, for the access that we have to your word, to think that over the ages people have given their lives to translate it, they've given their lives just to support it, and we have it in our pockets every day. May we be readers and hearers of the word. But even more so, may we be doers of the word. Lord, we ask you to bless us, to bless this nation, to bless this world. And we receive your invitation to participate in that blessing, to be involved in that blessing by meditating on your word day and night. Give us a desire, a hunger, a thirst for you and your word, that we may become more like Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen. Family, God bless you. I pray that you have a, a wonderful holiday, and we will see you very soon. Shalom.